0: All right, and we are live. Uh, Mike, Binary Recoil, paperless, sorry, paper plates, paperless plates? I don't know why I was going to say that's weird. Uh, Hello, the three of you who have commented in my comment section here. Uh, There are 10 concurrent viewers. We can wait for a few more. Mark in Alberta, always love seeing you, my friend. Um, What is that, Salty Canada? Is that what that is? (laughs) <laughs> All right. So, 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 I have so many things to talk about. Um, but there is uh, something we have to address here. The wife is gone. The wife is gone. She's not here. She is at work. She's working. She found a gig today and she went and she did it and she abandoned me and she abandoned us. That's okay. She needs to get out sometimes. Uh, it gets a little crazy in here since I work from home. And uh, so if she's not working, you know, we're stuck in the house, uh, stuck in the re- relatively small apartment together for many, many hours at a time. Now, when I'm working, I do kind of shut things out. So we are isolated to some degree. But, uh, yeah, we do. It's good to get a- away from each other from time to time. Um, let's see here. So I, I wanted to bring a couple things up, but let me first... Throw on the intro because why not? You know, we are the least professional show on YouTube. I am toxic, Valeria, who's not here today, is masculine, and yeah, and we are toxic masculinity. So let's let's do the intro, huh? Toxic masculinity. All right. So there's something I wanted to throw at you guys. A couple of things, but uh, the first thing. All right. Let me do the second thing first. No, no. Let me do the first thing first. So. <laughs> there is a, a project that I'm considering doing. Now, I have a lot of projects. I've done a lot of projects. Of course, I'm still working on my AOC and the Squad cartoon. We we, we actually just went through that last night, me and my partner who I was working on that with. And we do have a, a pretty good plan. And I do think that that will be out sometime this year. Um, it's a lot of work doing cartoons. There's so much work to do for a cartoon. The, the, the biggest... I mean, there's a lot of big things. Let's not get into that. But I have a new idea, and I wanted to know what you guys thought of it because it's not actually political, but it is something I want to do for YouTube. So we all know that YouTube blocks the hell out of conservatives like myself. Uh, But there are certain kinds of shows that are popular on YouTube that YouTube doesn't care to censor. Obviously, the left-wing media, they don't censor, which is incredibly frustrating for us, but there's also things that you don't censor that are also fairly harmful, but I think probably a lot of people consider them to be innocuous, and what I'm talking about here is um, Chris Gilbert wants to know where I am. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty high up. I'm not going to tell you exactly what floor we're on. Valeria let it slip in a previous video, so if you want to dig through my previous live streams, you might find it. But yeah, we're pretty high up here in Los Angeles. Um, so this is where I'm where I'm going with this. There's something that everybody likes, that especially young people like, high school students, even elementary school students, college students, and these are science shows. Science shows, and I've kind of think I've kind of come up with a way that I could hire a writer and I can hire an editor and I can, I, I can pump out science show videos. I can pump out probably something like three a week. Actually, I want to do a science video, a geography video, and a history video. One of those three every, every week. And I think the distinction between the videos that I'll be producing, because I'll try to produce them at very high quality, even though I, it'll only take me a day to produce all three of them for the week. And that's why I want to do it. The main reason I want to do it is because I think they'll be popular. <clears throat> and, I, and I think they'll take me very little time to do, right? Because what I really want to focus on is the political culture, right? I want to talk to you guys about this stuff. But if YouTube is censoring the hell out of me, I got to find other ways to make money. And so if I do these science shows, and I can make them popular, uh, then I can make money doing that. And I don't have to work that much at those. But here's the problem with science shows, as I see them on YouTube today. Uh, If you go to any science magazine, or you watch any of these, you know, science shows, they talk constantly about leftist ideas. You know, they're constantly talking about climate change. They're constantly talking about, uh, you know, racial injustice and and, you know, civil rights history and slavery and all that kind of stuff. Right. The science shows and science magazines. Um, are something like from the research I've done, depending on what magazine. Um, some magazines are like 80% science stuff and then 20% leftist agenda stuff. And, but then other magazines are like 80% leftist agenda stuff and 20% science stuff. And you find that in the shows on YouTube from time to time, especially ones that are popular amongst uh, kids. And I feel like if I had a science show out there that was not political, I don't I mean like if you wanted to do a, a, like a conservative science show, I don't know how I don't, like I don't know how you would make it politically conservative because conservatives at least from my perspective all we care about is the truth. So if I did a science show, I just wouldn't include like leftist climate change hysteria. I wouldn't like include, you know, conservative conspiracy theories, right? I would just exclude the leftist conspiracy theories. And so it would just be a straight science show as opposed to But, of course, it would be entertaining and it would be fantastic and be well-produced. But I'm curious what you guys think about putting together a show like that, or if if I were to produce a show like that, was that something you guys would watch or click on or encourage your kids to watch? Because you want stuff that's produced by people that you trust that you know isn't going to indoctrinate anybody in your family. So I'm just curious what you guys think about that as a side project. Again, this would be something I would do for one day a week, and the rest of the week would, of course, be dedicated to doing, uh, you know, my Mr. Reagan show and this and stuff like that. But anyway, um, I want to talk to you guys about that by the end of the show. Uh, uh, so so I'll, I'll, I'll take your comments and your questions at the end of the show, and we'll, I'll bring it up again. Uh, let's see. Mark and Alberta writes, you seem to wear that whenever Valeria isn't on the show. Does she hate that hoodie slash jacket? Uh, I, I bought the hoodie and shorts, although I'm wearing jeans right now. I bought the hoodie. I bought a bunch of clothes specifically for working out. And when I decided to do this show, I thought, well, I'll make it distinct from my Mr. Reagan show, because my Mr. Reagan show, I always wear like a button-up shirt. And the first show I did of toxic masculinity, I had been on the Peloton, I'd been working out, and I was like, well, instead of wearing my clothes that I wear for Mr. Reagan, I'll wear the stuff that I wear around the house when I'm working out. And I'll just put this jacket over the top of it. (laughs) That was literally all the thought that went into it. And that kind of became a standard thing. And I had another shirt, and I I switched back and forth between those two. Um, I don't know. Is this the... Like, I think I wear this when she's here sometimes as well. I don't know. Um, Let's see here. Okay, so you guys... The Eerie eerie Fairy says... uh, Hi, Chris. Hello to Valeria. And Aston, hello to the cat. Now, I got some disappointing news for you guys. Valeria is working today. So I know not all of you were here at the beginning of the show. Um, okay, so not a lot of people are talking about this. Uh, let's see here. Pa- paper Plate says, uh, which channel would the science show be on? Something separate <clears throat> from the Mr. Reagan channel to distance you from the political stuff. Yeah, it wouldn't be anything to do with Mr. Reagan. This would be a completely other channel that was just de- dedicated to... Three shows a week, one on all the new science innovations and weird science stuff that's going on, like archaeological discovery, stuff like that. The second show would be a geography show showing like, you know, we talk about one region of the world every week and we just go into depth about all the weird stuff about that particular region. So we talk about like the coolest things about London that nobody knows about or something like that, right? And this is stuff I could hire writers to to write for me. I would just give them an instruction, uh, you know, and then we would have the script I would go through the script, I would make the changes I need to make it sound more like me, and then I would do it mostly as voiceover, right? I'd do an intro to the show, an outro to the show, and we'd mainly show clips, and every episode would be like, you know, five to seven minutes. Really short stuff uh, for kids. (laughs) Oscar, Oscar Joaquin, Joaquin Pablo, Joaquin, Joaquin? I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce your name, man. Pablo says, who disliked already? Yeah, we have this problem that somebody comes on our show every episode and hits the dislike button. <laughs> we have some troll that comes on every episode and hits a dislike button. Um, Mark in Alberta says, first episode's about Alberta uh, in the geography show. Yeah, man, we could do Alberta because I-, I like obscure things, right? I think obscure things are quite a lot of fun. And, you know, things that you would never have heard about, like, uh, you know, I could do an episode on Astoria, Oregon, right? Astoria, Oregon is where they filmed the the movie The Goonies. That could be fact number one, because I think that's the most important fact of all about Astoria, Oregon. (laughs) There's all kinds of interesting facts about that, you know, that town that nobody's ever heard of. So like little stuff like that. Uh, Hey, Louisiana McPatriot, good to see you on here. So, but now here, so that's an idea that I had to do. I'm just curious about what you guys think about that. Uh, but we'll talk about at the end of the show. The other thing I want to talk about before I get into the news is something I found called Viome. V-I-O-M-E. I think I talked about it a little bit yesterday. Um, but I wasn't like 100% all in on getting it. Well, I did get it. Um, I got, I went ahead and I bought one of these. What did I buy? What did I buy? So these are your plans and these are your tests. You don't necessarily need the plan. That that you, you, if you subscribe to the plan, then it will <clears throat> do a bunch of different stuff for you. I didn't I didn't subscribe to this. That this is pretty expensive. Although, I might do that depending on you know what I think I need. Um, but I, you know, but you can just do this test, right? This is the test. Well, this is uh, sixty bucks a month. But hold on, hold on. There's you can just go no products. And then go health intelligence, gut intelligence. That's what you want. You want gut intelligence, I think. I think this is what you want. And you can just go ahead and buy this test. Test at home. Results within three to four weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. I did buy this yesterday. And I did talk about it on the show yesterday. Um, so this is something I bought for Valeria and I bought for me. And you go ahead and you get this. And it tells you how good your, your microbiome is in your gut. And... Uh, and so hers, the example they gave is hers is at twenty five. So of course, over time, she starts changing what she's doing, and she gets it up to fifty two, and then seventy six. And that's kind of what this is for. And so the idea behind this, the guy who who developed this, or he didn't even really develop; he just bought the rights to use data from the um, from the U.S. U.S. Uh, military, which is kind of weird. They had done some research into trying to stop. Biological weapons from like destroying the American public. And they ended up with all this data and they didn't know what to do with it because it was pretty much useless for stopping viruses. But what it was good for is finding out what your optimal diet might be. So your gut's filled with all kinds of microbes and they react differently to different kinds of foods. And for some people, sweet potatoes might react with your gut flora in such a way that it would be very healthy for you. You could create more really healthy gut flora. From eating sweet potatoes but for your brother eating sweet potatoes might actually exacerbate problems that you have might interact with gut flora in a negative way and create um, and create some kind of inflammation in your body which will start to create disease and other problems and so when you take this test you know you can do uh, something that a lot of people swear by is an eliminate elimination diet right they'll eliminate uh, food from their diet, one by one until they find that something makes them feel good. Or I think they eliminate everything from their diet. They just eat like steak and nothing else. And then they slowly introduce things uh, into the, back into their diet, right? Like corn. And they, you know, they try that for a week and see if it changes anything. And um, <clears throat> that, That's a really tedious, difficult process. With this test, you just pay 150 bucks, and then boom, you know all the foods that you're, you can eat, all the foods you can't eat. Three months later, you take another test and boom you find out again which which uh, foods are, are good for you if you've been doing better and i've been watching a bunch of videos about this like last night and these people's like my life was changed by this and i you know i, I had all these health problems and i i did this test and i stopped eating this and then my health got so much better one girl was like told me i couldn't eat almonds but i'm obsessed with almonds like who's obsessed with almonds but this girl's obsessed with almonds like i couldn't stop eating almonds and then finally like a year later i stopped eating almonds and i feel so much better now and and it's really weird uh you know because elimination diets and, and and adding food back slowly and that kind of stuff can work but sometimes food interacts in such weird ways that uh, it's it's like you don't feel the effect for like a week or something like that so um, even reintroducing the food slowly might not you might not be aware that that's causing the problem um, I'm not exactly sure what all the issues are and like you know why you know why it's so difficult to identify which foods make you feel bad or which foods interact negatively with your body but this thing is fantastic. I mean, <clears throat> I don't under, I I mean I don't understand why any everybody wouldn't do this. And and I'm not I'm this is not nothing that they've paid me to do. Like I'm not sponsored by them or anything. I just this is just something I found that I think it's kind of like potentially like a miracle for people. And uh Valeria gets annoyed with me for telling people to invest in crypto and stuff like that, but if I find something that I think is going to help the people that watch this show in some way, and I think quality of life is the most important thing in the world. Money is really great right but why Why do we have money we have money because we want to create uh we want to improve our quality of life for ourselves for our wives for our for our children you know for whomever it is that uh we love and we care about so i called my parents i was like you guys gotta buy this thing anything you can do to improve your quality of life you need to do it and doctors often misdiagnose people i, I read in a story the other day that misdiagnosis is the third leading cause of death in america the third leading cause of death in America. So take your health into your own hands, do this test, and you can cure a lot of the problems that you have. Uh, low energy, you're not sleeping well, all that kind of stuff. A lot of people have sworn by this thing. Now, I haven't done it, so I can't tell you with me if it's helped me at all, but it seems pretty good. I would I would go ahead and try it. All right, that's it for me pitching products that I'm not, uh, I'm not sponsored by and shouldn't care about, but I care about you guys. And this just seemed like a really great thing. So I wanted to talk about it. Um, But that's it for that. So let's get to the news, shall we? Um, All right. This, let me grab this other thing here. All right. Oklahoma passes a law protecting drivers who unintentionally kill rioters. (laughs) This is pretty crazy. So Oklahoma passed a law this on Breitbart. Oklahoma passed a law protecting drivers who unintentionally kill or injure rioters. Uh, while, while they're fleeing. I don't understand what the while fleeing thing is. Well, let's read and find out. So Oklahoma just passed legislation this week offering protections to drivers caught in riots who unintentionally kill or hurt rioters. So if like, you're in your car, they surround your car and you drive off and somebody dies, you're good. And I love that because uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the footage of that guy who was who was beaten almost to death in the L.A. riots in 1992... But he was pulled out of his truck and he was beaten. And he's he's been, he had like brain damage. Mm-hmm. And he's been messed up for the rest of his life because of that. Uh, and those monsters who beat him, uh, especially like the, the, the primary guy, he, he ended up getting out of prison and killing somebody else. Ended up murdering somebody else. Getting out of prison. Like the people who beat that man should never have been out of prison. Never gotten out of prison. But I don't want anybody to get into that situation where they're driving along, they come up to a riot, and they get pulled out of the car and beaten. So... I love this. In Oklahoma, you just can't you just can't like if you're if you're having a riot, you just can't encircle a car uh, because they can just drive off and and hit you. Let's see here. In addition, the bill increases penalties for people who block roadways during the demonstration. uh, KHOU reported Governor Kevin Stitt. I think they signed something like this or they proposed something like this in Florida as well. Governor Kevin Stitt signed House Bill 1674 into law on Wednesday, uh, the outlet continued. The measure says drivers will not be held liable if they flee the scene of a riot and injure or kill individuals if they think it was necessary to protect themselves uh, from serious injury or death. And this would have actually protected uh, <coughs> Rittenhouse. You remember the, the Rittenhouse guy? He, he would have been protected by this, I think. Um, the bill also states the driver must actually... Ex- exercise do care when the injury or death occurs. So this is specifically for drivers, not for people shooting. So maybe Rittenhouse would not have been protected. Um, so you have to be try to be careful. Uh, the bill was crafted following a viral altercation last summer where a pickup trick truck drove through a crowd protesting the death of George Floyd on a Tulsa interstate. Why is anybody protesting the death of George Floyd? He was a criminal. He was a bad dude. And the police officer was restraining him, and then he died of a drug overdose. I I hate this whole concept that the guy murdered him. I hate that there was a guilty verdict, and I hate that that's how everybody's going to frame it from now, because it's absolutely false. He died of a drug overdose. Just keep telling everybody that, because people will pretend that's not true, and it just pisses me off. All right. Several people were injured in the crash, including one man paralyzed from the waist down after falling off an overpass. Um, that's 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 pretty tough but you know I wouldn't have wanted to see the the person in the car uh, 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 murdered by those folks and you know it's a tough thing like I don't know it's it's a messy situation the protesters shouldn't be violent that that's that's all I have to say about that uh protesters damaged the vehicle as it moved through the group and witnesses accused the driver who was with his family of intentionally driving through the crowd of protesters. I mean, if he's with his family, I mean, if I'm with my family, I'm sorry, guys, I don't care about you guys so much. Uh, However, he was not charged, nor should he have been. HB 1674 also makes it a misdemeanor, punishable by up to a year in jail and a $5,000 fine to block a public street during a demonstration, the outlet said. I love that. That should be the law everywhere in the country. No blocking cars on public streets. Because what you know, what if your what if your grandmother's trying to get to the hospital after having a stroke or something like that? And she could live for another 20 years if she could just get through the traffic, but she can't because BLM's there. That's like the worst thing ever, right? <clears throat> Let's see here. Um, citizens saw numerous riots in Oklahoma and across the nation in the summer of 2020. No kidding. Uh, the bill's author, Representative Kevin West. uh, Republican from, I guess, Moore County, said in a press release Thursday, uh, on the day this bill was signed into law, we even had an outburst in the House of Representatives. That, thankfully, was resolved quickly and without violence. But it illustrates that we are a nation governed by laws. I certainly support the right to peacefully protest and assemble. I will not, however, endorse riders that spill onto the streets, uh, spill onto the city or state streets, blocking traffic, and even harming property or uh, of, of vehicle operators who are simply trying to move freely. This law gives clarity to those motorists that they are, in fact, within their rights to seek safety. I love that. Because it, it is kind of symbolic, really, right? Because obviously if you're fleeing a scene and somebody is incidentally hit by your car uh, because they're blocking traffic, I mean, they're, they're standing out in the street, um, certainly you should never be charged for that uh so this is more of just, I think, a symbolic gesture. Uh, you know, with regard to the law, I don't think it really changes much. Black Lives Matter protesters descended on the Oklahoma House of Representatives chamber Wednesday to block debate on several bills, including, according to Breitbart, marchers loudly chanted their pro- chanted their protests of several bills, including one designed to protect people being attacked in their vehicles during protests, the report said. Oh, hey, buddy. Hey, somebody wants to say hi, guys. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh. This is the world. The world meet Aston. Uh, okay. So Valeria's not here. So you're coming to hang out with me, huh? All right. We're gonna have to. You're gonna have to go because I'm in the middle of the show here. All right. All right. Chat soon, little buddy. Um. All right. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't actually put it. I just realized I wasn't on the uh, Breitbart news article. That's what happens when Valeria's not here. I I lose track of what I'm doing. All right. Well, that's the article there. If you want to read it, it's a it's pretty interesting. I'm I'm glad that they did that. Uh, yeah. So now there's some protection if you're running away from the mob. The mob, not really the mob, a mob, a Black Lives Matter mob, in uh, in Oklahoma. All right. Let us move on to the next story, shall we? Uh oh. I've got to get my stories up here see here. USPS, US Postal Service, mon- is monitoring Americans' social media accounts in a covert operation. So I think probably most of you guys have heard about this already. Uh, this, is, this is a pretty disturbing uh, thing that we're seeing here right now. Um, let's go ahead and read this, though. This is from the Daily Caller. The US Post... Postal Service's Law Enforcement Division is running a covert operation tracking and collecting Americans' social media posts, Yahoo News reported. The Postal Service's Internet Covert Operations Program monitors social media accounts for inflammatory posts and protest plans according to an internet document obtained by Yahoo News. The U.S. Postal Service investigated Parler and Telegram accounts that reference protests that were supposed to occur on March 20th for the so-called International Day of Protests, the document showed. Uh, analysts with with the U.S. Postal Service inspection, uh, sorry, U, United States Postal Inspection Service Internet Covert Operations Program. Good lord, that's quite a uh, quite a title there. Uh, monitored significant activity regarding planned protests occurring internationally and domestically on March twentieth, twenty twenty one. What happened on March twentieth? I, I don't even remember anything happening on March twentieth. Do you guys know what they're talking about? I don't even know what they're talking about. All right, an international government memo said, according to Yahoo. Uh, locations and times have been identified for these protests, which are being distributed online across multiple. yeah, you know, I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, multiple social media platforms, including right wing leaning parlor and telegram accounts, the document said, according to Yahoo. The document didn't explain why the USPS was engaged in alleged uh, covert surveillance operations, monitoring American citizens' uh, protest activities. The Postal Service said that, ICOP is part of the broader effort to assess threats postal workers face during public information, or sorry, using po- public information, according to Yahoo. Okay, so any protests are of particular danger to postal workers now, apparently. I don't know why they're monitoring conservatives specifically. Hey, buddy. Hey, you do know I'm I'm live, right? Okay, can we... Can we skedaddle? Go on. Okay. All right, I'll just leave them there. Let's see here um yeah i don't like why why are conservative protests so much more dangerous to postal workers than black lives matter protests or antifa protests i would think that they would be far more dangerous than conservative protests because how often do we burn buildings down how often do we murder people um oh, come on man come on man let's um yeah I I don't think that we're the real dangers in society I my buddy Kurt and I had this joke I, I mentioned this on the show the other day we had this sketch that we wanted to do where like some Asian guys working in a store you know because they keep saying these white supremacists are like you know hurting all the Asians going <laughs> we all hate the Asians because of the because because Trump called it the the Chinese virus right hey hey come on enough of that uh, Trump called it the Chinese virus, so we all hate Asians now, apparently. And so we thought it would be funny to have a sketch where some uh, uh Asian dude is working in a store and a guy in a Trump hat comes in and he's like, No, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. Uh and then some black guy comes in, and he's like, Oh, thank God, you gotta be pr- protect me from this this uh Trump supporter, you know. We thought that'd be quite funny. We we had an ending for it, and it's a good idea. We might shoot it. Who knows? Let's see here. <laughs> um, just because it's so absurd. No, nobody, nobody sees a Trump supporter and gets scared. Trump supporters aren't dangerous people. All right, let's see here. Uh, Civil liberties experts say the operation is a mystery and question whether the legal question the legality of the activity. According to Yahoo, University of Chicago law professor Jeffrey Stone, who worked on the national security worked on national security issues during former President Barack Obama's administration, said he didn't understand how such an operation would be under the USPS's purview, according to Yahoo. This seems a little bizarre, Richard Levinson Waldman, deputy director of uh, the Brennan Center for Justice's Liberty and National Security Program, told Yahoo, based on the very minimal information that's available online, it appears that uh, it's meant to root out misuse of the postal system by online actors, which doesn't seem to encompass what's going on here. Yeah, no, that, that's not what's going on here at all. It's not at all clear why their mandate would include monitoring of social media that's unrelated to the use of the postal system, Levinson Waldman told Yahoo. She argued that she, no, Rachel, did I say her name correctly at the beginning? I don't know. Uh, she added that the uh, government monitoring U.S. citizens' protected speech raises, raises serious constitutional concerns. Meanwhile, the USPS has faced significant financial issues over the past decade. The USPS lost 69 billion between 2007 and 2018 according to a 2020 government accountability. You know what this might be? I mean, I, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know why they're doing this, why the USPS is doing this. But it might be something like oops. It might be something like the different intelligence services are working together through Homeland Security and maybe the USPS is finding that this is a really underused intelligence service, right? Because how many people are going online and then talking about their about mail fraud, right? I mean they probably have nothing to do. So, Homeland Security or somebody probably was like, "Okay, well, why don't we set up a why don't your, why doesn't your division do this because this is more helpful to us, right?" Um which I don't know if I care that much about that. I don't know if I care about them doing stuff that maybe the FBI should be doing or something like that. I don't don't think I care. But what I do, what does bother me is the idea that they're spying on Americans. And yes, I know it's public information, but keeping tabs on ordinary Americans who aren't doing anything wrong, like, I don't really understand this concept that the federal government has. I mean, even even though these people are Democrats, I don't understand... Why, why they're fixated on this idea that, like, Trump supporters are violent. They're, they're obsessed with this idea that we're going to somehow go around, you know, murdering everybody and burning everything down. It's like, over the past year, haven't you seen who does that? I mean, you can come on my show. You can watch my show, right? You can you can go turn on YouTube. You know, open your computer. Open your phone up. Find the YouTube app. Click on Mr. Reagan. Click on Toxic Masculinity. And you'll see what a Trump supporter is like, right? I mean, you could go to, there's a lot of people like me on YouTube. We talk about this stuff. We interview Trump supporters. We talk about all this stuff all the time. And we're not violent people. We're not trying to kill anybody. We're not trying to hurt anybody. But there is this bizarre myth on the left that we're all these like violent rednecks with shotguns that we're going to come to their house. We're going to kill them all. It's the weirdest thing. It's like this weird fantasy that they all have. And the trouble with, with these kinds of fantasies... Having a fantasy isn't a bad thing. Living in a sort of dream world isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, lots of people do it. It's fine, whatever. They can do whatever they want with their lives. But it becomes an absolutely horrifying thing when public officials are creating public policy based on these fantasy ideas, Right? Uh, it's sort of like the same. It's the same kind of fantasy idea that there's all these unarmed black men being killed by police. That's just not true. If you look at the statistics, it's just not true. It's just not true. There are more white people that are killed per encounter with police than black people. If you have a hundred white people who commit crimes and, are, and encounter police during the execution of their criminal activity, and you have ten or a hundred black men, and they encounter police while in the process of committing crime, more of those white men will be killed than those black men. More of the white men will be killed. That indicates a bias against white people, not a bias against black people. Now the left will say, oh, but more more black people are killed you know, per capita according to the population of black people. There's a higher percentage of black men that are killed than, than white men according to the population of white men as a percentage of their population. That's because black men just commit more crimes as a group, as a demographic group, they commit more crimes. So it's a a matter of looking at the data in a particular way. And the most fair way to look at the data is you take the number of people committing crimes and interacting with police versus the number of people committing crimes interacting with police. And you say, what percentage of them are shot by police? And what you find is that the white people are killed more often, not the black people. If you are a white guy and you are stopped by police, you're the one that needs to be scared, not the black guy. The black guy doesn't need to be scared because he has a much lower chance, actually, of being shot by police. He has a much higher chance of being stopped by police, though, because black people tend to commit a lot more crime. But if you are stopped and you're white, you need to be a little bit careful. Uh, We're the ones that need to be careful, not black men. We need to be careful. Black people should just try not to get stopped in the first place. <laughs> but if you're a white guy and you get stopped, you need to worry. You need to be. You need to be. Uh, you need to be very, very careful. Be on your guard. All right. Let us move on to the next story. What do we got here? All right. Number three. Michigan Democrats refuse to certify the Unlock Michigan petition. All right. Now this is really weird. So. In Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer has obviously locked down the state tighter than almost anywhere else i think I think it's maybe the worst lockdowns except for maybe California New York. California is still pretty bad but um I don't know how bad it is in Michigan but um she you know she notoriously was pretty hardcore about locking down the state except for her husband who can go boating or do whatever the hell he wants because he's his wife is the governor um so anyway, so a bunch of uh, a bunch of citizens went around and they gathered signatures on a petition. And, you know, you have to have this board of canvassers. Anytime there's a petition, they have to sign off on the petition and that certify it, which they are required to do, basically, by the way, by law. By law, they're required to certify this. And they're not doing so. And this is illegal, what they're doing. And... The only explanation is that it is political, and this goes to show that Democrats do not care about the law. Democrats do not care about a fair and just American system. Democrats care about power, and they care about control, and they care about their Democrat activist positions, and that's it. So let's have a look at this story. Uh, There we go. All right, this is from Breitbart again. The Michigan Board of Canvassers deadlocked 2-2 two two Tuesday on certifying petitions from Unlock Michigan that would force a vote on repealing a 1945 law used by Governor Gretchen Whitmer to lock down the state. Two Democrats refused to certify the petitions despite them being approved by, by Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, a fellow Democrat. Benson's office determined to Unlock Michigan had submitted 100,000 more signatures than were necessary. Michigan Attorney General Dan Nessel concluded her investigation into an unlocked Michigan training session without charges. So they, there was some kind of like suspicion that the people who were organizing the petition may have done something a little bit shady. I will throw this at you. I will throw individual earbuds at my cat unless he shuts up. I'm that. I'm a. I'm a, I'm a cruel father. All right. Let's see here. So two, two Democrat operatives secretly recorded an alleged trainer offering activists questionable advice. Oh, no. But after the investigation, Nestle found no Unlock Michigan leaders encouraged or tolerated any misconduct by petition circulators. Uh, I am I am concerned about the validity of some of these signatures, Democrat canvasser Julie uh, Matizak said, according to M Live. I don't know what that is. I'm concerned about the validity of some of these signatures. Okay, I read that already. And then she said, uh, not the questions of how they were registered, uh, not if their signatures match, but rather how these signatures were gathered. And it behooves us to actually exercise our power to look at that. Oh, does it behoove you? Does it behoove you? I don't think it does behoove you. I don't think you're behooved at all. I think you just want to delay it because you don't like it. You want to leave Gretchen Whitmer with all of her power. Okay, let's keep reading here. Uh, all right. M- Matuzuk Matuszczyk, made a m- motion. I can't read these like Polish names. And, and my, my great-great-great-grandfather was Polish. So not racist, not racist. <laughs> Matuzuk, I think it's Polish. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's something else. Uh, made a motion for another investigation, which also failed two to two. Democrat member uh, Jeanette Bradshaw said it was the board's duty to ensure Unlock Michigan followed the rules. Well, they're but they're not. I mean, they're not following the rules. Unlock Michigan appears to have followed the rules, but they're not. Let's see here. The, the canvassers, I mean. Uh, We shouldn't delay just because we disagree with the content, Republican Tony Daunt said. Of course you shouldn't. The Secretary of State's staff report was very clear. It showed ample signatures have met the qualifications and that it's recommended for passage. Recommended for passage by a Democrat Secretary of State. This was very grassroots driven. And I think it'll be a huge disappointment to the people of Michigan, especially given everything that's gone on, Amanda Fisher, assistant director of the National Federation for Independent Business, told WLNS. You know, I think things like this are actually good things. I think it's good when Democrats abuse their power in this way, because I think that it does open the eyes of some moderates, some left-leaning moderates, some Democrats. I think it does open their eyes a little bit. It gives them a hint that, like, Eh, not everything's exactly right here. There's, something's a little bit... Something smells a little fishy. And that that's when things start to change, you know? I think, I hope. People sort of shift right a little bit. Uh, let's see here. Unlock Michigan spokesman Fred Wazolek. That's definitely... That's gotta be Polish, right? Um, Said his group may go to court to have the petition certified according to Alpena News. He said here... Uh, there's no doubt that Unlock Lock, Michigan submitted sufficient sufficient signatures to require certification. There's no doubt that the board's clear what the board's clear legal duty was. Do we need to seek? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Okay, closing that. Um, do we need to seek sanctions and court costs against individual canvassers to get them to start doing their legal duty? And that's the, you know, that's the thing that I, I've been saying. You know, I, I was talking about this yesterday. Like, we do have to start going after these Democrats. Using the courts because they're not—they're not acting ethically. They're not acting um, appropriately. They're—they go after us in the courts even when we don't don't do anything wrong. So when they do something wrong, we have to start using the courts to go after them. We have to start using every tool we have at our disposal to go after them. We we gotta stop being nice. We're so nice. We let Democrats get away with anything. I mean, look at um, look at Hunter Biden. The man's a criminal. And what's the FBI doing? They're doing absolutely nothing. We've got to figure out a way to get him charged criminally for some things and, and and stop relying on the FBI, who is clearly going to do nothing. I mean, the FBI, I think, to some degree, is they're all tied in with the Democrats now. And I think the intelligence services of the Democrats are like buddy-buddy now. I mean, I'm not talking about individual FBI agents. I had a buddy who called me the other day, and he was, he was actually approached by the FBI, and they interviewed him about January 6th, and... He was like, you know, the, the woman who was interviewing him, the FBI agent, was actually a really great person. And uh, and he thinks that she didn't have anything to do with any of this stuff. It wasn't her decision to go interview him. And she was actually a really good person. But she's got her orders, right? And the orders come from the top. And the and the top brass of the FBI, I think they're all tied in with the, the Democrat Party. Um. Yeah, it's messed up. We live in a very corrupt society now, guys. We used to live in a pretty fair, pretty free society. There was a little bit of finagling going on back and forth. There was some criminality. There was some corruption. But I think things are a lot worse than they ever were before. I think we're in a in pretty dire times. Uh, <clears throat> but I am an optimist, so I'm going to keep a, half of a smile on my face. It'll be, like, it'll be like a Sean Connery smile, like a Scottish smile. That's, that's actually good. I should, I should coin that, Scottish smile, half the face. Uh, okay, let's have a look here. My grandfather's Scottish. He used to always smile like that. <laughs> um, all right, next story. Oh, hey, buddy. You want to you wanna jump up? Yeah, come on. No? Yep. All right, there you go. All right, guys. Uh, Asa wants to say hi again. But I want to read the next story. All right, buddy. You want to... Uh... Uh-oh. Okay, you know what? I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. Aston, come on, buddy. (laughs) I just. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, that's my cat, strongly out of focus. All right, come on. Yeah. Come on. There you go. Yep. All right, come on. Come in. Come in. Yep. There you go. All right. Sorry about that. All right. Story number four. Poll finds that liberal media has a disinformation problem. <laughs> really, really, that's that surprises me. The le- liberal media has a disinformation problem. That is shocking. That's shocking. Okay. Well, let's have a read here from this story. This is uh, from the Daily Caller. Corporate liberal media has a disinformation problem, and polling proves it. Well, I'm glad that somebody did a poll on this and tried to do some actual research on this, because nobody, everybody knows it's true, but, you know, it's nice to have data to back it up. Corporate media outlets have long been accused of promoting misinformation in coverage of major news events. Yeah, we're calling it Blue on, folks. This is the new term, Blue Anon. It means, uh, you know, conspiracy theorists from the left. Which, by the way, I've talked about this many times, but I'm going to say it again. On the right, we do have conspiracy theories, but they're believed by a sort of fringe group of conservatives who are, who are m- frankly dismissed by most of the No, 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 you are not going that way. Nope. Frankly dismissed by mainstream conservatives. Um, some of the crazy conspiracy st- theory stuff turns out to be true, and then it's accepted by the mainstream conservatives. But for the most part, we dismiss most of the crazy conserv- most of the crazy conspiracy theory stuff on the right. The 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 distinction is that with the left, the crazy conspiracy theory stuff is coming from like CNN, it's coming from like the mainstream media, and it's believed by almost all of the voters. Like everybody believes it. Like Russian collusion, uh, like um, Jesse Smollett, like Ukraine. Uh, well, like uh, what was the one where he said like soldiers were? He said something about soldiers being uh, losers and suckers. Like. There's all this stuff that the, the the mainstream media just pumps out, and it's all lies and it's all fake. It's it's conspiracy theories, um, and and the mainstream media is producing it. It's not like fringe groups, and then you get the mainstream, vo- you know, Democrat voters accepting it and believing it. And so that's the major difference: is that their conspiracy theories are much bigger and much more sinister. Uh, and there and the other big deal is that. It's believed by the mainstream Democrats. It's not believed by the fringe. Another thing I think is... God, there's cat hair everywhere now. Uh, the, the other thing I think is kind of annoying about the left is that their fringe is accepted into their... into their uh, I don't know. They're sort of lovingly embraced by the mainstream left. Like, if you consider white supremacists to be white uh, right-wing, which I don't. I don't actually consider white supremacists to be right-wing. But the left does consider them to be right wing. You have to at least accept that most conservatives, excuse me, most conservatives dismiss white supremacists as some kind of fringe group that's that that don't that 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 do not um, share their values. You know, we have different political philosophies. We have different ideas. We're different political groups. The the, the bizarrely tiny group of white supremacists in America have really nothing to do with mainstream conservatism. But Antifa is embraced by the mainstream left. Black Lives Matter is embraced by the mainstream left. Critical race theory and all this this crazy, you know, political philosophy of like the far left, communism, socialism, all this stuff, it's all embraced by the mainstream left now. And anyway, so conservatives to me are like, the only sane people left in the country. But I, I, I'll i preach to the choir here. So let's go ahead and read the story. Uh, da, 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 da. All right. Corporate media outlets have long been accused of promoting mainstream... Sorry. <laughs> corporate media outlets have long been accused of promoting misinformation and coverage of major news events and... As trust in the media continues to fall, polling data shows just how disconnected liberal media narratives often are from the facts. For the first time in less than uh, less than half of excuse me, I'm starting to get kind of sneezy. I don't know why I'm not re- actually allergic to him, but it's just maybe it's just too much cat hair uh, for the first time in less than okay for the first time, less than half of all Americans say so they trust traditional media. God, I don't know why I can't read this because it's, it's weirdly, I don't know. All right, let me try, let me try to do this again. All right. For the first time, less than half of all Americans said they trust traditional media, according to polling data from the communication firm Edelman's, uh, their annual trust barometer. Among those polled 49, per, uh, sorry, God, I can't, I don't know, it's the last story of the day. No, it's not the last story of the day. There's another one. It's the second to last story of the day, and I've, I'm losing it here. Among those polled, 59% of respondents said traditional media is purposely trying to mislead people by saying things they know are false or gross exaggerations. 59%. Finally, finally, we've, we've gotten to a point that, I mean, conclusively, people. And this is this is another indication to me of just how, I don't know. How do I explain this? This is why people are suspicious of the election results in 2020. Uh, And to appease Susan Wojcicki and the YouTube gods, let's just say the election in 2020 was totally fair. There was no funny business. Joe Biden won. Totally fair and square. Honest. There was nothing bad ever happened. Uh, But the reality is a lot of people don't believe that. And why don't they believe that? because they know that the media is lying to them. Uh, and numbers like this, if, if if 60% of people think the media is lying to you, and, you know, they're privy to all this, and nobody was excited for Biden to win. And there were so many people that were so excited for Trump to vote for Trump. I mean, it just seems a little suspicious, doesn't it? So it's natural for a lot of people, I think, to question the validity of the election. But we're not allowed to talk about that on this show, are we? So I guess we'll just have to move on. Let's see here. News coverage of recent trends include the police killing of unarmed black people, the COVID-19 pandemic, and Russia appear to have followed a similar pattern. Corporate media outlets promote false or exaggerated stories and polling data in turn uh, shows liberals are more likely to believe... Okay, hold on. Sorry, this is written kind of weird. Uh, corporate media outlets promote false or exaggerated stories, and polling data, in turn, shows liberals are more likely to believe in misinformation about those trends. Yeah, no kidding. I love that. I love that this poll. This poll, though, I want to. I want to kind of dig in. Maybe I'll do a full video on this from Mister Reagan. This is great. Let's see here. Police killings. The U.S. experienced nationwide civil unrest last year following the police-involved killings of George Floyd and other black people. Corporate media outlets and racial justice advocates repeatedly uh, claimed that those high-profile incidents were proved, sorry, those high-profile incidents proved structural racism in law enforcement and that police officers were killing unarmed black people at high rates. This is not the best written Varon Hucari you got to be a better writer. This is a difficult story to read. Uh, let's see here. Uh-oh. Have I lost my place? There we go. Uh all right. The Washington Post called police violence in a uh okay. The Washington Post called police violence is a public health problem. Yeah, see that's that doesn't make any sense. That's not a that's not a proper sentence. What's your name? Varun? Varun? You need, to, you need to sort out your ability to write here. This is no good. The Washington Post called police violence is a public health problem in a June 2020 story, while other corporate media, including CBS News and The New York Times, used the term pandemic when referring to police killings of unarmed black people. The Skeptic Research Center survey... Uh, conducted in February, found roughly 44% of respondents who identified as liberal or very liberal believed more than 1,000 unarmed black people were killed by police in 2019. Gee, many Christmas. Additionally, 8, 8% of very liberal respondents and 5% of liberal respondents believed that the number was at was at least 10,000. <laughs> I think it was something like 10 or something, wasn't it? Yet only 12 unarmed black people were killed by police in 2019, according to a Washington Post database. Okay, 12 uh, uh, of police shootings mapping police violence and research research and advocacy group reported a similarly low 27 deaths in this database of police shootings. Look at this. Look at this. Liberal or very liberal people, 44% of them, 44% of liberal or very liberal people believe that a 1,000 unarmed black men were killed by police in t- 2019. More than 1,000. And 8% of them are severely mentally handicapped. Uh, sorry, of liberal people, and or very liberal people. And 5% of liberals are so mentally handicapped, they think that it's at least 10,000, at least 10,000 black men. And the number is 12, ladies and gentlemen, 12. I mean, you don't get more out of touch than that. That's Unbelievable. Okay, okay, okay. Let's see here. COVID nineteen, the COVID nineteen pandemic is re- receding in much of the country as Americans are being vaccinated as an, at an accelerated pace, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. But the uh, the corporate media outlets are still running misleading stories about the pandemic and states where mask mandates and other restrictions had been lifted in recent weeks. CNN commentator Chris Cizilla uh, called Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott's decision to lift COVID-19 restrictions in early March head-scratching and anti-science, MSNBC contributor Steve Bennin accused Abbott of Abbott and Republican Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves of pretending the pandemic is over after the two states ended their mask mandates. Pew Research Center polling conducted in February found 83% of Democrats said COVID-19 was a major threat to public health and compared 49 uh, as compared to 41% of Republicans. Well, 41% of Republicans are wrong. Um, additionally, 93% of Democrats said large public gatherings should be avoided. 57% of Democrats in states with, without a mask mandate said there should be more restrictions. Uh, Democrats and Republicans also disagreed strongly on whether K-12 through schools should remain closed for in-person learning, according to the Pew Research Center. Among those polled, 66% of Democrats uh, supported keeping schools closed compared to just 25% of Republicans. I mean, it's just all about where you get your news, isn't it? I mean, these people are just being lied to. But CDC data shows the number of COVID-19 infections in Texas, Mississippi, and other states have decreased since mask mandates, and other restrictions were lifted. Additionally, multiple stories, uh, multiple, multiple studies have concluded that schools are not major vectors for COVID-19 infection. Um, Okay, and children are far less likely to transmit the disease in school settings. One school district in Ohio has kept all schools open for thousands of students uh, since August and recorded a positivity rate below 2%. Russia. Uh, Corporate media's apparent obsession with Russia, including its interference in U.S. elections and alleged uh, collusion with former President Donald Trump's campaign has produced a seemingly endless list of corrections and retractions. And what about, like, Hunter Biden and 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 Joe Biden and, and their corruption. Like every time, every time the mainstream media says that this is a you know this is a conservative conspiracy theory, they're lying. Like the the idea that it's a conspiracy theory on the right. Well, that's a conspiracy theory on the left. Every time they accuse us of a conspiracy theory, that's not a conspiracy theory. That's a conspiracy theory. All right. I want to just point that out. Hey buddy. Hey buddy. Go away. That's it. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my gosh. Really? No, 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 no. All right. We're good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm here. I'll pay you. All right. NBC News warned in an October 2020 story that Russia could interfere in the 2020 election by shutting down the power grid, locking up election computers, and even tampering with voter rolls. An NBC Marist poll conducted in September 2018 found 32% of Americans believed a foreign country would tamper with the election results during the 2018 midterms. A majority of Democrats said the U.S. was not very prepared or not prepared at all to keep these midterms safe and secure. But there was no evidence uh, Russia or any other country manipulated or attempted to manipulate the vote count either in 2016 or 2018 elections, according to NPR. Oh, come on, buddy. Nope, nope, nope. Election officials also said they were worried that an intense focus by the media on on Russian election interference was eroding public confidence in the electoral process. The New York Times alleged in a June 2020 report that Russia secretly offered bounties to reward Taliban-linked forces for for killing U.S. and coalition troops in Afghanistan. Yeah, that's another conspiracy theory. The, The Washington Post gave Trump four Pinocchios for dismissing allegations that it was fake news and the top Democrats hyped up the report as an excuse to criticize Trump. But it turned out that that was all a big lie. A a uh, Reuters-Ipsos poll conducted in July 2020 found 60% of Americans found the Russia bounty story to be very or somewhat believable. But U.S. officials under the Biden administration said earlier in April, and that's what happens, right? 60% of Americans thought that that was true. And now 60% of Americans think that the media lies to them. Well, that's what happens. When you lie to people, they feel like they've been lied to. Shock, I know. But U.S. officials under the Biden administration said earlier in April that the intelligence community only had uh, low to medium confidence that Russia put... Well, I mean, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Come on. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki offered no apology on behalf of of President Joe Biden, who also promoted the dubious story. Nor, Nor did Joe Biden say anything about it. He just kept hiding or doing whatever he does. All right, that story, that that was a really long article, much longer than I had anticipated. So um, I don't think it's a huge surprise to any of you that the mainstream media lies. Uh, so I don't know if there's all that much more to say about it. So let's just move on to the final story, shall we? Because uh, this is a pretty good one. In fact, this is a great story. MIT researchers say that they've they've discovered... That the risk of contracting COVID-19 indoors is the same at six feet and 60 feet. Why are you attacking with your tail? Come on. Um, same, same risk of contracting COVID, at 60 feet and six feet. So basically, you can't escape COVID indoors, guys. You can't escape COVID indoors. Their, their stupid measures are ridiculous and arbitrary and stupid. All right, sorry, I'm, I'm on the old story here. Let's move over. All right, so this is the story here. I'm going to pause that. All right. MIT researchers' risk of contracting COVID indoors is the same as 60 and 6 feet. You know, and we knew this when, when they started the 6 feet thing. We were like, this seems arbitrary. And a lot of people were reporting that this was, in fact, just an arbitrary thing. They've just decided 6 feet. And now it's like 3 feet, I think. It's been changed to 3 feet. doesn't make any sense. Uh, all this stuff is BS. The risk of contracting COVID-19 indoors is the same, whether socially distanced six feet apart or 60 feet apart, researchers at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology say. The study published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences in the United States of America earlier this month argues that there isn't much benefit to distancing six feet apart. Ideas about coronavirus transmission have changed since the beginning of the pandemic. At the start of the global outbreak, scientists and medical professionals believe that handwashing after touching surfaces was the leading cause of transmission. I think that's probably true still experts now say the virus is transmitted through droplets released when people talk, sneeze and cough. Professor Martin Bazant who teaches chemical engineering and applied mathematics at MIT told told CNBC that that the rule really has no physical base basis because the air a person is breathing while wearing a mask tends to rise and comes down elsewhere in the room so you're more exposed to the average background what? I don't understand what that means. It's a weird sentence. Uh, so you're more exposed to the average. What did you knock over? My headphones. There we go. <laughs> uh, you're 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 more exposed to the average background than you are to a person at a distance. What? More exposed to the average background. Maybe that's a mis. I don't understand what that means. Okay. Bazant and MIT uh, applied mathematics professor John Bush created a model to calculate exposure risk to COVID-19 in an indoor setting based on the amount of time indoors, air filtration, immunizations, variants, and respiratory activities like breathing. They say that the most important factor is the amount of time spent indoors rather than how far apart people are, are standing from one another. So, you know, th- th- this actually goes to... Um, this point that everybody had been making since the beginning, which was that you can't like. Do you remember like they were saying? Um, you know, we couldn't leave our houses for. Like, you remember like the locked the quarantines where we were locked in inside our houses. They should have let everybody out. They should have let everybody go for walks and hikes and stuff like that. That's the best way. You know, it's, like, keeping everybody crowded in in rooms together all day. That that's that's a mistake, guys. That was a mistake. Um. Okay, they say the most important factor is the amount of time spent indoors rather than how far apart people stand from one another. What our, what our analysis continues to show is that many spaces that have been uh, shown to, in fact, uh, sorry, many spaces that have been shut down, in fact, don't need to be, Bizant told CNBC. He, that, that, and that's a critical thing. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that I messed that up. Let's read that again. What our analysis continues to show is that many spaces that have been shut down, in fact, don't need to be, Bizant told CNBC. It's very important. Oh, is my wife here? Delaria? Are you here? I thought I heard thought her say something, but maybe that was some random other person that's in my apartment. <laughs> um, let's see here. He continued by arguing that if a space is large enough with proper ventilation. The amount of time spent in those spaces is such that those spaces can be safely operated, even at full capacity. And the scientific support for reduced capacity in those spaces is really not very good. And, and actually that's, that's, uh, that's supported by uh, what's, what's gone on with the airlines. Uh, They, they used to think that, okay, if you fly in planes with all those people in there, it's going to, you know, you're probably going to catch COVID if somebody's got COVID. But what they found is that nobody catches COVID on flights. It's incredibly rare. Uh, and much more rare than they would have thought. And uh, Valera and I have traveled all over the country since uh, since COVID started, and we've never caught it. We've never caught it. So we might have caught it, like, very, very early on, and so we have a, some kind of an immunity to it. We're not sure. Um, but we, we can't seem to catch it, and uh, we fly all the time. So, but, but, I mean, obviously that's just anecdotal evidence. It means nothing. But the statistics bear that out. I mean, very few people catch it on planes, and because planes, they think... Because airplanes have incredibly uh, good ventilation and filtration systems. Uh, Both the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, as well as the World Health Organization, recommended maintaining a six-foot distance from, from others, specifically in indoor settings, which apparently did nothing. The CDC says it's important to maintain such distance, even if you or the other person doesn't have symptoms. However, the agency last month dropped the distancing guideline to three feet for classroom settings. And it should probably have dropped it to zero feet, because it doesn't do anything. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have debunked the left, leftist nonsense. We have ridiculed them. We have uh, talked about their the dangers of their policies. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the news is over. So uh, if you guys have anything that you want to say to me or say to the rest of the world or any questions you want to ask, please do so now. Um, I don't see any super chats No, there doesn't appear to be any Super Chats. Okay, well, that's great. So I'll just read it. If you guys write Toxic Masculinity, I'll read it. You don't need to give me any money. Uh, And uh, we can go from there. That works for me. Frank James writes, Do you still not understand why I say Aston is a leftist, even after his demonstrations and protests disrupting your work? (laughs) That's not funny. (laughs) Okay, it's a little bit funny. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so I actually want to hear if you guys don't have anything to say about the show about about the uh, about the news articles and about what's going on in the world today. I'd like to hear what you guys think about my science show idea. I mean, I think it'll be a bit of fun if it's really well done, <clears throat> and it doesn't take any time from me. <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what's going on with me. I think it'd be something that's very popular. Could make a little bit of money, and then I wouldn't worry have to worry so much about trying to make this show profitable and I could just do more of the stories that I want to do and fewer of the shows that I think, you know, need to be produced for ad revenue, I think it's a good idea. I don't know. What do you guys think? You guys like the idea of a... Hello, Scout. Um, <clears throat> Hello, Julia Golly. She says, COVID was, was a practice round for Ebola, which will be the next boogeyman. I do think that there... <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. There, there's probably going to be some next pandemic that comes around in a few years and they're going to lock us all down again and try to consolidate more power uh leftist uh, lunatics Taku magnet says do a story series about what red states are doing to keep liberals away here in florida we have a we have flying killer turtles attacking cars What? <laughs> i haven't seen that story that's pretty funny <clears throat> are red states doing specific things to keep leftists away i think that's great I mean, I think the main thing that conservative states do to keep leftists away is we have, uh, well, we, I say we, I'm not really from a a, a conservative state, but I think conservative states tend to have uh, really good gun laws. What I mean by that is they respect the Second Amendment and they don't restrict your gun rights. So, you know, you can conceal carry or you can open carry, you know, people have, they have great gun laws like in Texas. And leftists are afraid to go to Texas because they're afraid of all like the uh, scary conservatives. So I think that's the one thing that's good about the fact that the leftists are delusionally uh, bought into this idea that conservatives are all like dangerous rednecks. They don't want to go to Texas. You know, they don't want to go to, to Florida. They don't want to go to states that have, they think have a lot of conservatives because they're afraid they're going to be murdered, which is like, okay, stay out. Uh, let's see here. Andrew Beerwart says... Uh, the idea of educating kids about true science, history, etc. It says you the idea. I'm assuming that he's saying that he likes the idea, but he he, he there was like a mistake there. Um, but thanks, Andrew. That's awesome. I'm glad that you like that uh, because I I, don't, I the show wouldn't necessarily be just for kids. It would be a well-produced show talking about all the new innovations in science, talking you know a little bit about you know unusual moments in history, and it would be uh and then the, the third show would be about geography and like different places that you can travel to interesting places about uh you know the world just kind of like funny fascinating facts and uh <clears throat> i think this is a kind of show that's just universally liked people like these kind of shows and um i would just do it and i wouldn't talk about climate change i would just keep that out of it and i wouldn't talk about uh i wouldn't talk about racial stuff like the history stuff i just leave out all the Slavery stuff. I'd re- leave out all the civil rights stuff, and the reason is because, um, I just don't think we need to be demonizing white people anymore. I mean, I think we've we've done it enough. You know, we've we've talked about how horrible white people are so often in the schools and stuff like that. That uh, if anything, we should be talking about the triumphs of white civilization as a, a counterbalance to all the the negative stuff that they're saying. So uh, that's how I would approach the history part of it, anyway. Uh, let's see here. Frank James says, I missed the science show idea. I got a survey call from the government, so I missed it. Uh, basically, Frank, I'm thinking of doing a, a, an, another show, another channel that has three shows a week. One that's a science show. It'd be a, like a five minute show. I mean, it's five to 10 minutes. It'd be, it'd be like real quick. One science show, one history show where I talk about some kind of obscure thing about history. And, one geography show where I just give a bunch of facts about one very specific place. And I, I use the example of Astoria, Oregon. I'm from Oregon. Astoria, Oregon was where they shot the movie The Goonies, right? So that would be like that would probably be like the number one fact about Astoria, Oregon. But there's a lot of interesting facts about that that town and nobody's ever heard of it. Nobody knows anything about it. I think it'd be a fun show to do. You just say like the ten craziest things about London or something. You know, I don't know, whatever. And I, I yeah, I think it'd be a good show. It would only take me one day a week to to shoot it, if I got people to write it for me, and of course, I would edit it, and I would fix that, and if I got people to edit it for me, all I'd have to do is shoot my bit, send it in, Uh, they would collect all the clips and everything, you know, we'd have a template, and if we could do it really professionally, I think we could make a a pretty popular show pretty quickly, and it wouldn't take me much time, and that way, I could, I wouldn't have to worry about money as much, that's the big thing, like, I don't want to have to worry about the money that I'm making from this show. And the reason I'm worried about that at the moment is because YouTube has their boot on my neck. I mean, YouTube keeps constricting my channel and I'm worried that my income is going to go down more and more and more. So I want to have this sort of other thing. So just curious what you guys think about that. If you think it's a good idea, Uh, maybe it's a good idea. Maybe it is. I probably shouldn't have spent so much time on it on the show today, but it's just what I'm thinking about lately. Quna Hurt writes, uh, it would have to be more like Mr. Reagan, but you have a good voice for the science stuff. Um, well, I would want to make it less like Mr. Reagan. I'd want to make it—you know—it'd be my voice. The only reason that I would be doing it at all, and I wouldn't just be like paying somebody else to to host it, um, it is because and this is kind of an arrogant thing to say, but it is actually very difficult to find somebody who's good on camera, who can do, who can record on camera, who is watchable, right? Uh, I'm a decently watchable person. I'm, you know, I'm not probably the most, you know, I, if I were in movies, I don't know if I'd be like the most successful movie star in the world, but I probably do. All right. You know, I did a YouTube channel. It did. All right. Uh, and, uh, and there are certain people in this world who can speak into a microphone, look at a camera, talk to camera, and they're decently watchable. Um, I've tried to get other people to do shows, some of them have been successful. Some of them haven't. So uh it's kind of hit and miss. It's tough to do. You know, it's a tough thing to do. And it's something I know I have the capacity to do it and to do it well. And so it's something I would want to do myself. And then also I wouldn't have to pay somebody. But again, it would be something that would only take one day a week. So it's something maybe I do on Sundays and I could dedicate the rest of the week to doing really good content for Mr. Reagan and for toxic masculinity. Um, But yeah, again, it wouldn't really be about... um It wouldn't be anything like the shows that I'm doing now. It would just be this other side project. Let's see here. Uh, Andrew Beerwart says, I love the idea of the shows. Oh, thank you so much, man. Yeah, you you wrote that up here, but there was a kind of typo there. Let's see here. Uh, Herbie Hancock says, holy S-H-I-T, there are flying turtles in Florida. (laughs) Joe Black says... uh, Will you guys be moving to the swamp that's in Florida? I bought a gun as soon as I got my driver's license. Valeria does want to move to Florida. I've lived in Florida before. I have a best friend that lived in Florida for many years. Uh, in fact, I have a really good friend I just got off the phone with. He's in Miami. So, I mean, it's it's very possible. If I were to go work at Newsmax, I would have to go to Florida. I'd, I'd, I'd want to go to Florida. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I like colder weather, which is weird that I live in L.A., Ah, uh, Frank James, do a show where you dumb everything down, like for children, but make it for teaching lefties about reality. You know, Frank, that's kind of what I was thinking of doing. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the idea, right? The idea is to do a science show and to leave out all the leftist garbage. Uh, and yeah, you do, you you would kind of talk about it in a, you know, not not in an infantile way, or so it sounds like you're speaking down to people, but you would want to do it in a very clear way um and that's something that i i want to do always you you know i think people think of speaking clearly as the same as speaking down to people and i don't think that that's the same thing at all but you can talk about very sophisticated topics in a clear way and and that's that's just the best way to educate people i mean my favorite teachers were teachers that kind of seemed like you know children's television show hosts when i was in college you know <laughs> and they're talking about very sophisticated issues you know like theoretical physics and stuff like that and they're but they're speaking about it in ways that you know they use metaphor and they're 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 entertaining and they're interesting and the clearer that you can express something I think the better uh, no matter what you're talking about and that makes your that'll make your show more popular that'll I, I think in politics people don't like to speak clearly we talked about this in the show before people like to use esoteric language and and convoluted uh you know, sentence structures and stuff like that in order to make people think they're smart so they don't have to actually say anything that people can criticize. Because if you're if you say something and that's convoluted that people can't understand, using big words and stuff like that, then people will think, Oh, well, I don't understand that, so you must be smarter than me, so I'll just accept that you're right. And that's what a lot of leftists do. I do not do that. I speak very clearly and very deliberately. If you disagree with me, then we can have a discussion. But I don't ever want you to be confused by what I'm saying. I don't want anyone to be confused by what I'm saying. My friends nor my enemies. I want everybody to know exactly what I'm trying to express. Let's see here. tonku Magnet says, uh, do, do science. Start with doing one show here once a week or more. We need a break from the same commie crap. Well, I'm not going to do it on any of my existing channels. I would do a different channel. I, don't, I haven't come up with a name for it yet. And uh, I would promote it here. You know, I'd, I'd go ahead and I'd go on Mr. Reagan and I'd put a comment and be like, check this out. That's how you would first get an initial audience, right? And then it would spread from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll probably... I'm going to start out with a pilot. I've already got... I'll, I'll give you guys my list, actually, of uh, of topics for the pilot episode. You want to hear my list of topics for the pilot episode? So Disney has perfected animatronic eye contact, and it's super creepy. (laughs) And you guys should look that up because that is creepy. Um, the next one is American honey is radioactive. And apparently this is, this is crazy. This is because of the nuclear bomb tests that we've done in America. Somehow we still got very low level radiation in honey, which is, like, as bees produce honey, because everything's low-level radioactive in America now, because there our bombing tests. It's fascinating. Uh, I didn't write the script part for that. I just have the headline. Scientists at NASA have created a simulation of two black holes orbiting each other and literally bending space-time. That's a pretty cool video. You guys will want to check that out. Russia is planning to put a cosmonaut on the moon by 2030 and build a moon base. And I'll actually read what I Wrote about that because I think it's kind of funny. I wrote, the Russians plan to build a moon base worthy of the ultimate Bond villain. And I also wrote, uh, the plan is somewhat ironic considering that most Russians believe the U.S. moon landing was faked. (laughs) That's true. Both of those things are true. Bond villains like moon bases and Russians think the moon landing was faked. That is true. Uh, Egyptian archaeologists have discovered the lost city of Aten... Uh, and this is this this has given archaeologists uh, an insight into the average lives of Egyptians as opposed to just the pharaohs, which is mostly what they've been able to study so far, which is quite cool. Um, scientists have created the whitest paint ever. I don't know if you guys have seen YouTube videos on this, but there's a lot of YouTube videos on like the blackest black paint, and it and it like absorbs so much light that it looks like a hole. Well, now scientists have developed the whitest white paint. So, I've written that uh, this combo will inevitably be used to create the most intense chessboard ever, uh, and then I've also written about an animal called the spring hare, which glows in UV light, which is pretty crazy. And I've and I've written about a worm tornado, which is a weird phenomenon that nobody understands. Um. So those are the those are the things that I've I've researched that I would put in the first episode so far. Um, as I'm considering producing this little pilot thing um, and uh, you know and th- I would probably produce maybe something like five more stories so I was probably not I wasn't quite done when I wrote that script <clears throat> and then I got to write it out and see how it how it is and it would just be something fun for people uh, Let's see here Akbar says I just want to say that it would be worth it to check out Dr Sucharit Bhakti, and what he says about The Thing. The science shows it's a good idea. Oh, sorry. The science show is a good idea. Just make sure the three of you host it. The three of us. What, me and Valeria and Sakachi Cardi. I'll go ahead and copy and paste his name into my search so I don't forget to look him up. Oh, okay. So he's he he he's he's an immun he's an immunologist who's talked about uh, COVID, and it seems like he thinks it's some kind of a conspiracy theory or something like that. Well, I'll I'll go have ha- have a look at that. Uh, you never know about those things. Um, all right, let me sorry, let me go back to you know, the chat here. Uh, Mark in Alberta says, "Like Adam ruins everything, but with less guest stars and no political agenda." Yeah, I guess, and I'm not quite that fat. <laughs> and I'm not a complete, like, uh, you know, a little bitch. <laughs> the guy from Adam Ruins Everything, he's such a, a little, like, cuck beta male, like, weak little leftist pathetic. I, I hate that guy so much. Like, just watching him, I, I you know you, you know how you do this face sometimes when you're watching TV or you're watching something you find unpleasant? You're like... That's how I look every time I watch Adam Ruins Everything. And I try to avoid watching that guy as much as like... Whatever happened to that guy? He's like totally disappeared off the face of the planet. Let's see here. Bigfoot... the Bigfoot... Uh, Bigfoot a chipmunk... Uh, I've seen you before on this show, but I never can pronounce your name properly. says, it's a question of more eggs in more baskets to appeal to a wider audience, maybe, as long as it doesn't deter from what you're doing already, uh, what you're already doing well. And that's the thing, right? I mean, I I want to find some kind of a show that I can do that's not political, but that doesn't take that much time. Because this, to me, like... I've talked about this before on my show. I think everybody needs to find something that gives them a sense of purpose in life. And that doesn't necessarily have to be a job. It could be a hobby. It could be traveling. It could be... um, Or it could even be uh, raising a family. I think that that's incredibly important. Uh, You know, raising kids with the right values. Whatever you do in life, you need to find some aspect of your life that gives you a sense of purpose. And I always had a sense of purpose growing up, but that was to make movies and TV shows that would influence the world in a positive way. That's what I always wanted to do. And I was unable to do that because I couldn't really break into Hollywood. So what I ended up doing is this show, and this allowed me to sort of shift the culture in a much more aggressive way than I ever could have done with movies or TV shows, a much more direct way. And so this has been such a fulfilling experience to me that I never want to stop doing this. Um, I want to always have some kind of show where I'm talking about, about politics, where I'm trying to push the culture in some some way and I want it to be as popular as I can and one thing that's been really frustrating to me is that YouTube has been censoring me massively and this this reduces my reach which is really frustrating because even if you don't agree with me I want you to I want you to have the option to hear what I say and I want you to be able to push back on me and if I turn out to be wrong about something I mean YouTube and these tyrants that run these social media sites, they should allow all of us to have the benefit of being proven wrong. And that's never going to happen if the content creators of conservative media are never challenged. And we're never challenged if nobody on the left ever sees what we're doing. And when they constrict our our, our distribution of our videos, nobody gets to see what we're doing. Uh, and so... We never get challenged, and I've never proven wrong about anything. I'm basically preaching to the choir. You guys agree with most of the stuff that I say. Occasionally, some, you know, a fan will write, like, you're wrong about this, and I'll have to look into it and stuff like that. And uh, usually I turn out to be right. But uh, occasionally, <laughs> occasionally, I admit that I'll, I'll read something. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, uh, I'm can. i going to sort of shift my position on that, right? Um, but I have no, I have no, like, significant challenges to most of the major ideas that I have because I don't have any leftists that watch my show. I want trolls. I want people to push back. Uh, I don't want it to be 90 99.7% you know positive, you know like to dislike ratio on all my freaking videos. It's all 99.7% like to dislike or something around there. And the reason for that is because nobody on the left ever sees my videos and that's, you know. People talk about Arizona for some reason. <laughs> I have a lot of friends in Arizona. Nice place. Uh, Frank James just gave me money and uh, a director's chair. Thank you so much, Frank. Let's see here. Rightful king of the Poles, Grand Duke of Lithuania. <laughs> I have some Polish ancestors. I mentioned that earlier. Writes, a thought experiment for liberals. Whenever Biden does something, they should ask how they would feel if Trump had done it. Doubling cap gains is dumb. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, what's funny about that? I always do that myself. I always say, well, what would I say if this was a conservative that did this? And then if a conservative does something and it's, they're criticized by the left, I always say, well, what would I say, uh, you know, if a Democrat did that, would I criticize them? And then I'll criticize the conservative if I, if I think the Democrats are right, or I'll, I'll, I will defend the Democrat if I think that the, uh, the Democrats are, are right. Uh, To defend them, defend him. And one thing that was interesting is that there's a couple of things I've defended that I think conservatives don't like that I've done that that, or they wouldn't necessarily appreciate it. So I don't talk about it a lot. But one case is I don't think that Joe Biden is a pedophile. And that's something that, uh, you know, I, I mean, for the most part, most conservatives talk about Joe Biden and his hair sniffing problem and his getting a little too close to little girls and kissing them and stuff like that. Uh, they talk about it more in a joking way. Most conservatives don't talk about uh, Biden as like a straight up pedophile. But some do. In fact, there's a significant number of, of conservatives that do. Uh, and, you know, it's it's I can't tell you that you're wrong because I don't know. I don't know if Joe Biden is a pedophile and I in your perception is totally you know, totally valid. And that could be the case. I don't think so. Right. I I think that Joe Biden's one of these guys. He's got a family. He's got a bunch of grandkids. He likes kids, you know. Uh, But, uh, you know, but I'm a very optimistic guy. I didn't think that Michael Jackson was a pedophile. I was just like, oh, he probably just likes little kids. You know, he didn't really have much of a, you know, he likes the innocence of kids. You know, he's I'm a bit naive when it comes to stuff like that because I because I genuinely have a kind of optimistic view on life. Like I grew up in a very good family, right? A very good family, and and all of the adults were very supportive and nice to all the kids, and um, yeah, there, I, we didn't have any of that kind of trauma. We didn't have any kind of that weird stuff, and. You know, all of our, our – my my parents were very good people, my aunts and uncles were very good people, and my grandparents were very good people. And all the cousins had a very sort of good upbringing, and, and we were it was a very wholesome, nice environment. It was the kind of environment that you see in movies and TV shows from like the 1960s and 1950s, you know. And so to me, I think, you know, when I was growing up, and you had all the different age groups, right? So you had the older people, you know, my grandparents, and you had my uncles and aunts. In a big range, right? And uh, there's the oldest uncles and aunts, the youngest uncles and aunts, and then you had the older kids. I was one of the oldest, oldest cousins, and then it went all the way down to like you know infants. So all the time growing up, I always had like little kids around, uh, uh, my cousins and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know that that just that whole concept of that I that whole like inappropriate behavior with kids and stuff that wasn't anything to do with my world. Like I never even knew that that kind of stuff really happened in in the world, really, growing up. and But you still liked the kids. You know, the kids would run around and they were a bit of fun and stuff like that. And then everybody with children or, or ne- nephews or nieces, they, they, they know there's something lovely about children, right? They, they are innocent. They do have this kind of... And so I expect, I try to see the best in people. And so when I see somebody like Joe Biden, you know, hugging a little kid or giving him a kiss on the cheek or, or something like that, I try to think of the best of it. Now, could I be wrong? Of course I could be wrong. Of course I could. So I don't push that issue particularly. But I do think it's a little bit disingenuous to jump to the conclusion that he's a pedophile, especially considering the fact that I've seen a lot of pictures of him kissing on the lips incredibly ugly women, (laughs) like older, nasty women, like Joe Biden just seems to me to be a touchy-feely guy. Is it appropriate in 2020? I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. I, I prefer like the old innocent times of like the fifties and sixties where people didn't really even think about that kind of stuff. And, you know, people were more just about family and, and you know, I don't know, man, I, I don't know. I come from a much more innocent place, I guess, a much, a place where you didn't have that kind of, those kind of issues, or at least I, I never heard about anything like that uh, as a kid. Uh, so I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I try to assume everybody's somewhat decent, uh, but I could be proved wrong. And I kind of had the same reaction to Cuomo, you know, like to me, what was really bad about what Cuomo did was Cuomo was guilty of, of policies that, that led to the deaths of a lot of people in those nursing homes. And to me, that was outrageous. All the women who accused Cuomo of sexual misconduct were, he He didn't actually do anything he didn't like touch them. I think one girl he kissed or something like that, but for the most part he he was just like making offhanded comments and like you know flirting with them and stuff like that that's i I don't know man like that's kind of the same stuff Trump was accused of, and I defended Trump and I'll defend Cuomo. I don't think that what he did was particularly bad, but the Democrats are in a bad position because they can't defend him because they attacked Trump so hardcore and they they attacked um uh, uh, the Supreme Court, what's his name, and they, they just basically attack anybody who flirts with any girl, and they're just like, you're evil, you're abusing your power. Frank James says, use Aston in your new video series. Yeah, that's a good idea, I should. Ataku Magnet says, have Valeria be the host. Seeing her practice, her pronunciation will be good for her. You know, I, I asked her if she wanted to do a, like a Russian version, and she was just like, no. Uh, yeah, she doesn't. she does not love being in front of the camera. Unless she can just be quiet and be beautiful. She, she doesn't mind it then. Uh, Frank James says, Turf, story time had some potential. <laughs> yeah, I, I could continue to do that. The only th- the only reason that I don't do that is because the only reason I was using the Turf story time thing was because I wanted to avoid talking about election stuff, you know. And that was a way to do it where I didn't actually have to use any of the words or any of the characters uh, in real life and I could create this sort of f- fictional version of it. Um, but I don't talk about the election that much, so I didn't. I haven't made a, a, another video since. Frank James says, you're full of S-H-I-T, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, let's see here. Herbie Hancock says, I can be a troll if you like. <laughs> Go for it, man. Uh, Akbar says, the three hosts would include Aston. I'm not even joking. I think it would pull in a bigger audience if you just incorporate the cat. Cheesy, yes, but cats will pull in viewers, period. I might just do that, Akbar. I might just do that. I think you can make a very good point. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's it for today. I'm going to get working on my Mr. Reagan videos, which are not finished, and I'm going to work a little bit on this new show. Uh, Pilots always take a little bit longer than once you get into the swing of the show. You can do those quicker, but I've got a lot of uh, Mr. Reagan videos to post. I was trying to get writers to help me work on Mr. Reg and It didn't work. I couldn't get anybody that could write effectively. So that's a bit of a disaster. But anyway. All right. Uh, thank you guys for watching the show today. The news was pretty interesting and it should be pretty fantastic on Monday. Mondays are always good because we've got all the news from the weekend. And there's usually quite a pileup of interesting stories. So we'll check back with you guys then. In the meantime, uh, remember, this is the least professional show on television. Uh, I'm toxic. Valeria is masculine. She will be back on Monday. And thanks for watching. Toxic masculinity.